Pastor Mike McCoy, welcoming you to the Time of Truth. I'm in Isaiah chapter number 7. I'd say there's a lot, probably a lot of messages preached out of this today, or out of Isaiah 9. Brother Randall said, Isaiah 9? I said, well, no, 7 actually, but I'm sure there was messages out of each one of those. I used chapter 9 this morning in the, in the message. Let me set this up just a little bit before I read it. So at the time, it's a time when, uh, when Ahaz is the king of Judah, and Syria and the northern ten tribes of Israel, referred to as Ephraim, have come together against Judah. And that is what that is. That is God's people siding with the world against God's people. And that's never been the intent of God. He never wanted us to fight one amongst another. I, 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 I'm not going to get up here and criticize the church of God or the Pentecostals or the Methodists, though I disagree with, with some of the things. I'm not going to do that. Uh, it's hard enough to fight against the devil. Uh, you know, you don't need war in your own camp, and that's what's happening right here. There's war. There's war there. The northern ten tribes, referred to as Ephraim, has got confederate with the enemy of God and is coming against Judah. Well, you know why? Because Judah was where the temple was. It's where God was represented. So they're coming against the very place of God. Has it changed any? Ahaz is an awful king. He's not a good king. The Bible referred to him as not doing right in the sight of the Lord. So God speaks to him by the prophet. And the Bible said in verse number 10 of Isaiah 7, Moreover the Lord spake unto, again unto Ahaz, saying, Ask thee a sign of the Lord thy God. Notice, now Ahaz isn't reverencing God. Ahaz is not paying tribute to God. He's not bringing sacrifice like he's supposed to do. He's not doing the things that God wants him to do. And God's still talking to him. Can I get an amen? Ask it either in the depth or in the height above. But Ahaz said, I will not ask. Neither will I tempt the Lord. Now he's got all pious. Now he said, oh, nope, nope. Really, he don't want to hear from God. People make the excuse they don't really want to hear what God has to say. I'm not going down that road, preacher. I don't want to hear that. And he said, hear ye now. In other words, God says, I'm saying it anyway. Whether you want to hear it or not. Hear ye now, O house of David. Is it a small thing for you to weary men? But will ye weary my God also? Therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son. And shall call his name 
Emmanuel. That means God with us. Amen. Now, but I'll, I'll close with it. Butter and honey shall he eat, that he may know to refuse the evil and choose the good. For before the child shall know to refuse the evil and choose the good, the land that thou abhorrest shall be forsaken of both her kings. Now that's a, that's a near and far prophecy given here in Isaiah 7. He's saying this. He's saying this. I'm going to send you a king, and he's going to be born by a virgin. But before that ever happens, these two kings that's come against you, they're not going to be around. You know what happened? The two kings that come against him, you know what happened? They're not around. But it didn't take, it didn't take 750 years for that to happen. That was the near part of the prophecy. The near part of the prophecy took place about 65 years from the time it was given there. The northern ten tribes go into captivity and they're still dispersed today. And Syria, Syria has fallen and risen and fallen and risen in its shambles today. But about 750 years from this, one night in a place called Bethlehem, there's a young maid, young virgin. She was young, maid referring to her being a young woman, virgin referring to her never have known a man. And the time of her delivery had come. And on that cool night, I believe it was a cool night, the shepherds were there. And the shepherds, that of all the people God could have appeared to, shepherds were the underclassmen. They were the lower class. People didn't want much to do with shepherds. They smelled bad and lived among the sheep. They lived outside. In rough, they were ruffians, so to speak. And God could have picked, <laughs> he could have picked kings and magistrates to come to the place. He could have been born in a palace and should have been born in a palace. But he was born in a manger. He was born, he was born in a lowly stable and laid in a manger. And of all the people that he could have chose to be the first ones to come and worship the king, he got a bunch of lowly shepherds to come. How fitting that shepherds would come and see the lamb that was slain before the foundation of the world. How fitting that the king of glory would be born in a stable so poor people all over the world could say, I've got access to the king. How fitting that God made a plan that it didn't exclude the poor and the lowly, but it included all of mankind. How fitting our God is in what he does. And just like he said, it took by the old prophet here, 750 years somewhere thereabout, that baby was born in the very city that the prophet Micah said he would be born. And he's born in Bethlehem. If God's doing things 750 years in advance, even 65 years thereabout in advance when these two kings are done away with, I'm telling you, when he said that king's coming back one day, 
Don't you let, don't you let the time deter you. Don't you let the distance interfere with what you believe. People say he's been gone too long. He's not coming back. That's what the Bible said they would say. Hey, the scoffers will say in the last day, where's the promise of his coming? Just like the Lord said he's coming 750 years before he comes, my friend, 2,000 years after his resurrection and ascension, he's a coming back. I'm it's of my personal study, belief, and opinion that it'll be in time. It'll be in the time of trumpets. Now, I don't know the date and the hour, but he said we can know the times and seasons, the signs. He'll give us signs and wonders. And we can know, we, if study of the Word of God and the trumpet season is past now, but you know what? There's another trumpet season coming. We don't know what's going to transpire in this world. We don't know what's going to happen in the next day. But I know this. One glorious morning. One glorious morning. The king's going to show up. The trumpet's going to sound. The dead in Christ is going to rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together in the air. Praise God. Or in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. I said all that to say this. God's not slack concerning his promises. Just like the king Ahaz. Whether they want to hear it or not. He's given a sign. Whether they want to hear it or not. He's given his word. My Uncle Lyle used to say, turn or burn. I've heard him say that countless numbers of times. You turn to the Lord or burn in hell. That's the choice. People say, I don't want to hear it. Ahaz said he didn't want to hear it either. But the prophet said it anyway. You know why? Because it's true. It's true. Aren't you glad? Aren't you glad for the birth of a king? Aren't you glad, praise God, that he didn't stay a baby? Aren't you glad he wasn't aborted? Aren't you glad that he died on the cross just like the Father planned? Aren't you glad that when they put him in the tomb, it couldn't hold him and he resurrected? Aren't you glad to be in church tonight? Thank God for the promises of the book. I'd be of all men most miserable if I had... If I had hope only of Christ in this world, Paul said, I'd be of all men most miserable. My hope goes beyond this world. Pastor Mike McCoy, thanking you for joining us at the Time of Truth.